Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. Do I even need to speak? Really? I'm guys giving awesome communion thoughts and offering thoughts, we'll just go home now, right? Some of y'all are like, yes, please, the Falcons are playing. If you guys want to watch them, I don't know. Uh, Hey, listen, I wanted to open up today. Now, really, how many of you guys actually like football? So, okay. All right, so when we're in good company. So, you know, like, there's an appropriate response in fandom of football, right? So, how many, any, any of you guys go to a football game this week? Okay. All right, so let me walk you guys through a little bit of fandom at a game. Third down on defensive stops, okay? You have my permission to stand up and cheer loudly, right? That also applies to fourth down. Uh, And then when there's a big play, stand up and you can cheer, right? Now, a lot of people, some of y'all are like, hold on, what are you doing right now? Listen, I promise there's a point to this, right? Now, I'm coming back to this idea. Have you ever been in a football game where maybe somebody stood in front of you the whole time, right? You're like, gum, man, my knees are hurting, right? Yeah, have you ever been in, in that place? Or, or maybe like some of us, you come out and you're in the stands and you're just like, I want to sit down the whole time, right? Like, uh, here, here's, here's the, the whole idea is there's an appropriate response to certain times or certain places uh, in certain situations. I don't know about what you guys just experienced in, in worship, man, but I love, man, when we get a full house like this and we start worshiping to the Lord, it does something within me. It changes me. Uh, and, and really, that's, that's where we're going to go a little bit today. We're going to talk about kind of a, an appropriate response in, uh, in worship, we're going to look at, at uh, Matthew 8. If you guys have been reading along with us through this New Testament challenge, go ahead, kind of turn to Matthew 8. You can get your, get your Bibles out there. Uh, I, think about, I think about this story. I've never preached on this story, but I love it. I've, I've enjoyed it, and I've read it, uh, and I've actually studied on it a little bit more this week than, uh, than maybe I have before. Uh, we're going to go kind of right into this. I'm going to, it's not up here, but if you guys do have your Bibles, I'm going to go ahead and just read a part. I, I'd heard this idea that you can give the ending in the beginning and it kind of walks people through things differently. So if you can go with me, chapter eight in Matthew, and we're going to look at verse 13 real quick. Then he said to the centurion, go, it'll be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. I have a feeling that there's some of you guys in here, and even me as I've been challenged to this, there's some of us in here, man, that we're praying for a healing over us. We're praying that God will take care of some of these wounds and these issues that we have. And in the middle of that, man, he's doing a big work. There's some of us, as we've matured in our faith, we're seeing God do work in us, and we're tired. And maybe, maybe you just kind of feel like giving up. Look, today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hopefully encourage some people in here. Sermon in a sentence is this. Is, uh, make sure here it goes. Sermon in a sentence is that faith in Jesus changes me 
and heals others through me. I'm going to read that one more time, that faith in Jesus changes me and heals others through me. You know, as, as you begin to walk through this story, some things that maybe you don't know about a centurion, it usually meant the, the century. You know, when you hear century, that actually represents a hundred. So yeah, a centurion would have around a hundred men underneath him. I thought that was pretty cool. Something else I actually had heard uh, and had read about that they believed that in a lot of the, the, like the Roman ranks, a lot of times people would be placed under the leader, but under a centurion, actually the people picked who they wanted to lead them. When the centurion is actually read several times, there's a centurion that, that actually comes up three times for sure in scripture. It might even be more, but it was always positive. Yeah, these were men of character. They were men that, that people wanted to follow. And in wanting to follow, I feel like that kind of leads us into where we're going with this. And this very first thing is this, that following Jesus leads us to care for others. Following Jesus leads us to care for others. We're going to go and, uh, and, and I'm just going to open up the scripture. We're going to start reading this. Let's, let's do this. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? I just want to walk through this scripture a little bit. As, as you're walking through this, think about this. Man, hold on. There's a hundred people that this guy cares for. And tell me you guys ever heard a story like this before, maybe a parable before. But hold on. It's the one that's sick. It's his servant that's sick that he's going to go get help for. Right? Ain't this wild? I love whenever you start digging through scripture, you start looking at it, you're like, hold on. Hold on. That, that really says that. Listen, the, the 99 are still back there, but where's he run into? And, I, and, and think, about, think about how that looks. I come out and... Uh, and, and I, I know this, when I look at this passage of scripture right here, what this begins to tell me is that it isn't about me. This guy is a leader, but leaders, man, the best leaders, they're the ones that are serving. It's the spotlight. It's taking the spotlight off of me. It's taking the spotlight off of my life. And all of a sudden, it's shifting it towards somebody different, somebody else and you know, the only way that that happens is this. When I put Christ first, then there's a difference that begins to happen within me. I actually, I brought some mustard seeds. Apparently, I left them in my book bag in the office. So second service will get this, but, but you guys won't. So I'll tell you a little bit about mustard seeds. Can we do that? Uh, listen, if, if you guys can pull up Matthew 13, I think we have Matthew 13 out here. There's a parable in Matthew 13 uh, and, and we're going to read this. It says, he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man planted in his field. It said, though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Just pause that for me. You know, there's another place in scripture where Jesus brings up the mustard seed. 
If, if you know the story behind it, the disciples are trying to heal this man uh, of demon possession. They couldn't heal him. They're getting frustrated. Next thing you know, that this guy ends up finding Jesus. Jesus heals the man. And the next thing you know, the disciples come to him. And they're like, hey, Jesus, help me out here. Listen, bro. We, I, like, we've been following you. We know how this works. But how come we weren't able to do this? You know what he said? You lack faith. You lack faith. And then he goes into this famous uh, quote where, where we all know that if, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, what's he say? You can tell this mountain to move over here. Man, I, I, I sit back and I think about this. There's some, there's some things in your life right now. When I started reading this, I started thinking to myself, hold on, what, what does he say in this? Man, that you're going to become a resting place for people. That you're going to become a place where people can come and heal when they're exhausted and they're tired. Think about what this says. The largest of all garden plants and it becomes a tree so that the birds can come and perch in its branches. Listen, I I like to sit back and think like this. When when people are exhausted and tired, where are they going to run to? They're going to run towards light. What are we supposed to carry? I'm carrying light, y'all. I, I, at least I want to. I sure want to be that. Uh, brother that got baptized this morning, man, I want the whole world to know about Jesus. Me too, right? Hey, we, can, we can clap a little bit. It's okay. I want the whole world to know. Man, I, when I sit back and I start thinking about mustard seeds, listen, there's some of us right now, you have power within you through the Holy Spirit that is so much greater than what you're giving him credit for. Man, there's some healing that needs to happen in your life. But once that healing begins to happen, let me tell you. Look, these little mustard seeds that are like this big that I left in my book bag in the office, right? Man, some of you guys, you're going out and he's saying, hey, go plant these things. You know, you got a son and daughter at the house. Go read them some scripture. You know, listen, hey. You got a marriage right now, and maybe it's good, maybe it's rocky, but listen, where you're planting these seeds is where life is going to grow, right? Plant the seed. This is kind of silly when I'm doing this imaginary stuff. Man, but you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Listen, man, I get into this stuff. I I, I go back and I think, simply simply put, where, where does it all come down to? is that following Jesus leads me to care for others. Following Jesus leads me to care for you. Following Jesus leads me as as a man of the household, as a husband, to love my my wife well, to try and lead my kids the very best I can. We've been going through this in uh, 1 Timothy in our men's group on Thursday mornings. Think about this. When you see that you're starting to say, I believe and I trust and I put my faith in God of this world that holds the whole world in his hands, then all of a sudden what you begin to do is you start showing it and you show it to this world. You see, there's something that begins to happen that faith brings fruit. Y'all say that with me. Faith brings fruit. That's right. Listen, man, God's not going to call you into this adventure, to this life with him and say, hey, you stop right there. You surrendered your life to me. We're good, right? No, that's not how this life works. Yeah, look, man, faith is an exercise, y'all. 
Faith is an exercise. If you're not exercising faith, guess what begins to happen? Begins to fade. You you, You start forgetting about how good God is and all the goodness that he's done in your life. You take your focus and you move it on the things of this world. And the next thing you know, you start saying something like, I used to go to church. Right? Man, here's, here's some things. I'm going to just read a little bit. Let, let's, let's go back and read this in Matthew 8, 5 through 7. And we're going to just go through this a little bit more. Here it goes. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Let's keep going with this. I know, I said that. Verse 8 and 9. Let's see if we can get there. There we go. Perfect. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Listen to that very carefully. Man, people that follow Christ remove the spotlight again from themselves and begin to say, it is about you, God. What, What does this say? Lord, I don't even deserve to have you. There's so much that goes into this. Listen, this guy is a Roman soldier. Jerusalem, the Jews should fear this man. Instead, this man is saying, I don't even deserve to have you in my house. He keeps going. He says, I don't have, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. There's another verse in here. Well, let's, let's keep going. It says, for I myself and a man am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. This, this uh, story, this par- or, or this story is also found in another scripture, uh, and it's in Luke. Luke's kind of known as like the doctor of the bunch. He's like the smart one, right? The rest of these guys, they're like fishermen and tax collectors and stuff. And then you have Dr. Luke, right? Here's, here's, here's Luke's version on this. Luke kind of gives us a little more detail. Listen, here's what he says. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent, and sent some elders of the Jews to him. Asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, listen to this. They, y'all read this part with me. They pleaded earnestly with him. Listen, when you are somebody that is living it up for the Lord, when your character is impeccable because of what God's done through you, not because you're just good, man, people begin to speak up for you. People see that inside of you. Some people might not like it, but listen, man, God is going to surround you by a community of people that will sit down and say, I am with you. We are together in this. And you know what? He deserves it. Listen to why he deserves it. Let's keep walking through this. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and he's built our synagogue. Not only was this man's character that was, uh, was there, but also his actions. Because he loved Jesus well, because he loved God well, here's what we know. He loved us. Man, wait, listen. That this, this world could be a lot tougher on us, but this centurion guy, he's standing up for us. And then it says that he has built our synagogue. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if this is like a financial thing, right? 
I don't know if this literally means he picked up hammer and nails and went to town here. Or I don't know what this means. Hey, he took it before somebody that was higher up so that this could happen. But what we do know is this man saw a need and he stepped in and he didn't just stand by. What I do see is that. Here's some traits that I pick up from him quite quickly. Is this, he showed compassion. Showed compassion. Man, when Jesus begins to get into our lives, he begins to steer us and break down some of these walls to sit down and say, hey, you know what? When somebody hurts, it's okay to hurt alongside of them. It's okay to get inside the hole and, 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 and pick them up and rock them. It's okay to be hurt when they're hurt. Man, Jesus' love does that to us. There's some things, when I, when I was younger, Lord knows, that listen to Georgia over time as my, as my uh, life has matured and as I've grown up, some would say that I've matured, right? So maybe not, right? But uh, and when, when you look at Georgette, I'm, I'm sure one of the things that she would say, I'm much more compassionate now than where I started. I, and, and I think that begins to come with maturity. This guy cared for not, not just the 99, he cared for the one. Keep moving through this. He was humble. He showed humility. He showed humility. How do I know this? Walk through that story a little bit with me. Here's what he's done. As a Roman soldier, he could have made sure he, uh, he, he had the Jews in place because of fear. Instead, it sounded like he befriended them. It sounded like he took actions to sit down and say, hey, I'll build this place with you because I see how good God is. And I see the goodness that's going to come from this. And then I think about this. He recognizes Jesus's authority. He recognizes Jesus's authority. Man, it's hard. It's hard to be humble if you don't know who's above you. I'll say that again. It's hard to be humble if you don't know who is above you. Because if not, listen, if you don't know that, that Christ is the center of everything, if you don't know that God is above you, then guess what? You're going to chase after things of this world. If this feels good, I'm going to do it. And you know, over time, that's going to fade. And then you're hopping into another hobby. Man, he recognizes the authority that Jesus has and goes out and calls him. I, I don't know if you guys noticed. He called him Lord. Lord. He recognized the authority and humbled himself. And these are things that I want to make sure that I do well. I, I'm going to tell you guys a story. I love telling stories. This is one of my favorites, right? Uh, so something that I think most guys can say they agree with, I... I enjoy, I hope I can say this. I enjoy guns and I like to blow stuff up. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, there we go. All right. Uh, I love this. All right, perfect. Um, anyways, all right, let's, let's come back in. All right. So I had some friends of mine. Uh, we would go out and we would do target practice from time to time. And that was fun. We enjoyed that stuff. But did you know, so, I mean, this is the stuff I don't know if I should tell because there's kids here, right? Did you know that you can go to Bass Pro and you can buy this little like packet of like explosives, right? And you can pack this stuff in. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. No. All right. All right. I'm not even going to give you guys the name because I know how this works with, with students. 
But, you, but anyways, we started going from like target practice to packing stuff with this explosive stuff. And we like pack it to trees. You know, it's great. And then we're like, hey, what else can we like? What else can we shoot and blow up? Right. So so we found a watermelon. Right. Found a watermelon. Man, we we like stuffed this thing all full of this stuff. It was great. We backed up. And we, I mean, we had it, man. We were already, we'd already target practice. We were good to go. Came out, we rested, and we're like, this is going to be great, right? Boom. I mean, watermelon guts everywhere. It's the best thing in the world, right? And that happened in the fall. It happened in the fall. What's crazy about this, come spring, early summer, you know what begins to happen? You begin to see these watermelon vines begin to show up. Listen, hey, listen, if faith brings fruit, your fruit will show up where you left it. Your fruit shows up where you invest it. You know what I'm talking about? So in your life, listen, and this, this, ain't, this ain't like feel bad hour. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to make sure that we recognize some things. If I'm investing and I'm eating here. If this is where I'm investing. If I'm investing in community here in small groups or in community groups. If I'm investing in serving others, then you know what? My fruit will show. Fruit shows. But if I'm investing in other things, maybe, maybe it truly is. If, if I'm investing in, in other things and maybe it's not my marriage. Maybe I've, I've kind of backed off on that a little bit. It shows right? Maybe if I'm sitting back and I'm thinking to myself, some of these things that I've set back and I'm like, man, how did I get here? How did I get here? Y'all ever ask yourself that question? I do. How did I get here? And oftentimes if I sit back and I retrace the steps, I sit back and I'm like, that's not where I was. That's not where I was breaking the ground. That's not where I was preparing the seed. That's not where I left the seed. As a matter of fact, I was dropping it off other places. Here's where we're going to kind of start moving and closing this thing in. That faith takes us places that we can't go to by ourselves. Faith takes us places that we can't go to by ourselves. I'm going to read, read um, some more of this passage here. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. I, I, I highlighted this because it's going to be important here in just a second. And said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. It says, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It says, then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. I, listen, I, I just want to make sure that, that we go through this part right here. Let it be done just as you believed. And he goes, he moves on a little further and he says, and his servant was healed at that moment. Not healing, not all healing comes in, in physical ways. You guys know that? 
It's not always physical healings. Sometimes, man, there's, there's some stuff that you got to go through. There's some things that the Lord has to work you through before you can actually be healed. I'm going to show you guys a passage y'all probably looked at a hundred times. And it comes, uh, it comes out of Mark. <clears throat> I think I have that. Mark 6, 6. Do we have that up there? Um, but before, before Mark 6, 6, there's a, there's a little bit that happens. It says that, that Jesus goes back to his hometown, like where he was, where he was raised. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like there's folks in Monticello. I don't know if there's any Monticello folks in here. But listen, if, they don't, if you don't know, then truly, you wouldn't think this would be me, right? Like there's some people out here that would be like, no, 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 not this guy. There's no way he'd be doing this. I'll come back and, and I'll say this. Man, he had that. He had that. Like he, these folks saw him, like they saw like Mary and Joseph walk with him through the streets and teach him carpentry. They realized he didn't have like this formal education. He wasn't like this master, masterfully educated man. When all the other good little Jewish boys went to school, he stayed home and he learned the trade of carpentry, right? That's not who you expected, and so it goes out, and, and they say this. It says, where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that's been given to him that he even does miracles? Verse 3, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Hold up. Your past don't define you, folks. And it's surely not where God's going to leave you. It says, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And pay attention to this. I know it's not up here, but just listen. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honor. It says, this is powerful, and I don't know, next time we'll have to have it up there for next service. Verse 5. He could not do any miracles there except, this is important, lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. It says in scripture that Jesus was amazed twice, once with the story of the centurion where it's viewed in like this positive light and then once right here where it's viewed in this negative way. I don't know if you picked, out on, picked up on this it says that, that he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Listen, this is kind of where we're going to close this out a little bit here. Man, Jesus doesn't want to just heal the symptom. He wants to heal your soul. He wants to change you from the inside out. He realizes that there's much more than what's going on in the surface. Some of the things that we pray for, it's good. Pray for those. Pray for healing. Pray for, pray for your sons and your daughters and your marriage. You should do that. But the truth of the matter is he's trying to get to the root of what's inside of you. He's not going to just heal the symptom. He wants to heal the whole self of you, right? Can I get an amen? Can we get a, All right, listen. Hey, let, let, let's just kind of think about this. He was always in battle with, with the believers, right? With the churchgoers, with the, with the do-gooders, right? Man, Jesus doesn't want us just to show up. He wants you to be a servant. He doesn't want you to just be on the sideline. He wants you to be playing in the field. 
Not just to know God's word, but to actually apply it and to be a doer of God's word. Not just look like it and you have your button up uh, shirt and you have your nice jeans on today. But listen, it's so much more than that. It's about walking out these doors and being so different that we leave people thirsty and hungry wanting more. Man, oh man, I'm, I, I, I sit back and I think about this. Jesus cares about you. I don't know who needs to hear that today, but Jesus loves you. He has not abandoned you. He is fighting for you. He showed us that he fought for you when he went to the cross and he died for you. Some of you, man, maybe you're a little lost or you feel a little defeated right now. He hasn't left you. Maybe your focus has gotten off a little bit. He's still here for you. Listen, community of believers right here, the way, the church, man, we're here to support one another. Let me, let me begin to, to kind of say this. For some of us, when we think about the faith of the centurion, what did he simply do? Man, he didn't, I don't know if he knew every step on how to get to Jesus, but he knew the direction to turn to And right now, there's some of you guys, maybe it's been a while. Maybe you've never given your life over to the Lord. Maybe you've never said, look, you know what, God, I surrender. I'm done doing it my way. I surrender. Man, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that in a little bit. Maybe some of you, uh, maybe it's been a long time. and, And right now, you just need this moment where you say, God, I'm coming back. I've went my way. I've tried it my way. It didn't work out too well. You know what? Listen, the great news is God meets you exactly where you are right now, today. And it may be some of you guys, you're coming out and you're thinking this. Maybe you've, maybe God's really been doing a work in you. You've seen him do a work in you. Maybe the next step's baptism. Maybe it's you start bringing your family along with you. Maybe it's a simple change of, hey, I'm going to pray for my kids I'm going to talk to them about Jesus. I'm not just going to talk it, man. I'm going to be it. I'm going to live it. Let's be different. I'm going to leave you guys uh, in just a second. And we're going to allow people to come up here if you want to. And and have somebody to pray for you and pray over you. So we're going to bring the band up in just a second as, as I pray. And that will be available to you. Father, I love you. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for being able to take us places that we're never able to get there by ourselves. I simply pray this. I pray that you do a work within us. That when we think about the faith that we have, Lord, that that you have taken these little seeds just a simple simple conversation to say, God, you are greater. I surrender my plan, my will to you, God. What you begin to do with that is you grow a tree out of that. Provide for us things that we could never get to ourselves. We love you, Lord. It's your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at